You all don't have to clap. That's okay. I'm, I'm used to that. I'm excited about what God has to say to you this morning. Um, I got to tell you, he confirmed this message in so many ways from the verse on this bulletin. Um, my daughter even coming back and telling me some things that she learned from camp uh, to speaking with various people. So I'm excited about what the Lord has to say today. Please stand with me as the word of God is read. As usual, I'll be reading from the first chapter of John, starting at verse 35, and the text reads as follows. The next day again, John was standing with two of his disciples, and he looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, Behold the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus, and they followed Jesus. Now, if you're visiting with Chicagoland Bible Fellowship for the first time, you've never heard me speak, you'll probably wonder, why is he reading that message? It has nothing to do with what he's going to talk about today. I would challenge you and say it has everything to do with what's going to be talked about today. You see, John understood that his whole purpose in life was to prepare the way for the Savior. And the disciples followed Jesus as a result of John's direction. And this is where it gives me focus to know that it's not about me, that it's all about Jesus. That everything that will be said here this morning in the pulpit should point the way to the Savior. Amen? Amen. Let's go before the Lord in prayer. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for your word. I thank you for this opportunity. Lord, I pray that you would cover me this morning, Father God, that you would increase and I would decrease, that your word would come forth with great power, great conviction, and lives will be changed as a result of what you have to say through me today. May your Holy Spirit have his way in this place this morning and you be glorified in Jesus' name. Let the church say, amen. amen. You may be seated. As noted in your bulletin, the title of today's message is Walking in the New, Walking in the New. And most people like new stuff, right? Most of us like the new, whether it's a new car, a new house, a new job. I've had the privilege of driving five brand spanking new vehicles. And it makes you feel some kind of way when you get into that new car for the first time. That new car smell, y'all look like y'all never had a new vehicle. That new car smell, you know what I'm talking about? The cleanliness of the vehicle. Now the caveat to that is that none of those vehicles were mine. <laughs> they were company vehicles. I just had the privilege of driving them, but I drove those mugs like I owned them. Amen? Amen? But most of us like the new. Most of us like the new. When you start thinking about new outfits. Now, I know I see y'all coming into church with your new outfits on, looking sharp. Can't nobody tell you that you don't look good. Amen? Can't nobody tell you. And then the sisters, when you get your hair did, get that hair did, y'all whole attitude change. Can't nobody tell you that your hair don't look good. Amen? Amen? 
My wife get her hair done. I come in, hey, Rich, nice hairdo. She look at me, it's Rochelle. And I'm looking at her like, whole attitude change. I'm like, who is this? <laughs> who is this? But it, it, it changes you. It makes you feel some kind of way when you walk into the new. You get that new thing. Amen? Amen. And I believe that God is calling us to walk into the new. God has something new for each one of us. In fact, God himself majors in the new. The scriptures tell us, and it's right here on the front of the bulletin. I don't even have to pull it up. It says, it is of the Lord's mercy that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are what? New every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. We serve a God that majors in the new. And God actually, this isn't just printed in the word of God. God actually put action to this by sending his son, Jesus Christ, to die for sinful individuals like you and I, thus giving us the privilege, the opportunity to have a relationship with him and spend eternity in heaven. Amen? Amen. And the word of God says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, that if anyone is in Christ, he is what? A new, a new, a new creation. The old has come and behold, the new, the old has passed and the new has come. Amen? Amen? We serve a God that majors in the new. And I believe that God has something new for each one of us here this morning. Your new might be walking into a new job. Your new might be uh, starting your own business. Your new might be getting married. Any, anybody in here thinking about getting married? Narissa, I don't see your hand going up. Anybody, anybody, anybody? That might be your new. God is calling each one of us to a, to a, a, a new, to walk into the new. It might be a, a physical healing. It might be embracing a change in lifestyle, changing what you're eating, involving exercise and all those things, embracing a healthy lifestyle. I believe that God has something new for each one of us here this morning. Amen? Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn them to Joshua chapter 1. Because God, Joshua gives us a vivid, clear picture of what it looks like to walk into the new. And he also gives us a, a great picture of how to prepare to walk into the new. And I want to give you a brief summary of the children of Israel. I know most of you already know the story. But a brief summary, the children of Israel were led out of Egypt. Amen. The Lord had used Moses to lead them out of Egypt and they wandered in the desert for 40 years because they were disobedient. They grumbled against Moses. They didn't have faith in the Lord. And the Lord said, hey, listen, all of you rascals are going to pass away and you will not see the promised land until the new generation comes into play. Amen. The new generation. And this is where Joshua picks up. Moses dies and then Joshua picks up the mantle and the text reads as follows. In the beginning, I'm sorry, I got the wrong text. Joshua chapter 1, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise and go over the Jordan and you all this people into the land that I am giving you, to the people of Israel Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon will have, have give, I have given to you. 
just as I promised to Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and the great sea towards the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life, just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous for you, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give to them. Only be strong and courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. You shall meditate on it day and night so that you will be careful to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous. Then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now, when we read this text, before we enter the house and, and examine the main structure of this passage, I want to pull into the garage. Because here's the thing you got to understand. You just don't get the opportunity to sashay your way into the new. There's some preparations that have to, to take place. You don't just get the opportunity to butt everybody and walk up to the front of the line and say, I'm here to walk into the new. God doesn't work that way. We don't serve a Chicago public school God. Now, I, I say this with all due respect if there's some educators here, uh, but the truth and the fact remain that years ago, the Chicago public school would push these kids through the system, whether they, they mastered the basic skill level to move to the next grade, and they would graduate these individuals from high school, and they would be functionally illiterate thus rendering them unemployable. There's not a lot of jobs that you could do if you can't read or write. You can't even be an exterminator if you can't read and write. So that they were coming out, God says, hey, you are going to have to do some things in order for you to have the opportunity to walk into the new. Amen? You don't just get to sashay your way up there. I had a, um, a co-worker that... Um, he was the, the, the COO of Anderson. This was his son. Now, I have to say this, and you guys will get the picture uh, uh, of what I'm saying when I say this. It won't make sense right now, but he was African-American. He married into an Irish family, so he was the son-in-law. So the COO wanted him to, to get into the business and manage an office. The president didn't want to do it. They just didn't want to hand the baton over to him, so he said, send him to Brandon. Send him to Brandon and, and send him downtown to have Brandon uh, uh, work with the young man. And so he came to me, and it was the middle of summer. It was 90-plus degrees outside. We were doing the CHA complexes, Doug. Tell him. It was rough. We were dealing with rats, roaches, and gangbangers. We got, the, we got all. We were getting hit from all angles. Amen? It was rough. And we was putting in work out there. And, and, and he was trying to hang in. And about four weeks into the job, he came to me. He came in my office. And he said, he hit the desk. I said, man, what's going on? He said, I shouldn't have to do this. 
I should be managing an office right now, just like my brother-in-law. I said, close the door. We need to talk. Don't you ever, 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 ever utter those words to anybody ever again. I'm going to act as if you've never said that. What nerve of you to sashay your way into my office and demand that you be promoted to manager and you only been here for four weeks. Are you kidding me? You haven't done anything. Four weeks on a job and they should hand you the keys to the business. I got to tell you, and you ain't really family. Understand me? You ain't really an O'Hara. You better wake up. You got to put your work in. If you keep your mouth shut, do your job, and be faithful to where God has put you right now, you might just might get promoted. Amen? Amen. So get on out of my office. <laughs> Joshua wasn't that way. When you look at Joshua, Joshua was one. I want you to grab three things about Joshua. Number one, Joshua was faithful. Whenever jo uh, uh, Moses needed Joshua, he was always there. When he was going up on the mountaintop to have a dialogue with God, Joshua was escorting him up to the mountaintop. When Moses was actually in a tent of meeting, dialoguing with God, where was Joshua? Right there alongside Moses. And when Moses left the tent, Joshua was still on point. He was still there. The, Moses never had the look for Joshua when, when it was time to take care of business. Now my question to you is, are you faithful where you are right now? I know, Pastor, I, I got to say this, and I, you know, you, know uh, you can rebuke me later, but I know one of Pastor's pet peeves is leaving the job undone. When he gives you an assignment, he expects you to complete it. He don't want to have to come back behind you and look around and go, where is so-and-so? He was supposed to be on this. Now, Pastor, you ain't got to nod to say anything. I'm not even going to look at you. <laughs> but I know that drives Pastor crazy. But he, God is expecting us to be faithful, to be like Joseph. Joseph was faithful. The next thing I want you to grab about Joseph, I want you to note this, is that the brother was teachable. He was teachable. He spent 40 years shadowing Moses, looking at Moses, drinking it up, taking it in, taking it in. He said, well, Brandon, how do you know the brother was teachable? He wouldn't have been handed the baton if he wasn't. He wouldn't have been handed the baton, but he spent that time soaking it up, watching Moses, shadowing him, looking at it, just learning and learning. Most of us, we aren't teachable. Sometimes we go to college. We get a little meat on our head. You can't tell us nothing when we come back. Amen. I used to be one of those people. So I stand before you today convicted. You couldn't tell me nothing. I went to Trinity College. I got my degree. You couldn't tell me nothing. I had a case of the what? The big head. The big head. Joshua wasn't that way. We need to be teachable. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how young you are. You can learn something from somebody. Amen? I get technicians coming into the job all the time, and they, 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 some of them come in with degrees, and you can't tell them brothers nothing. And I sit them down, and I tell them, I say, there's no shortcuts. These SOPs, standard operating procedures, have been 100 years in the making. You're not going to come in and just find something new. 
Do your job first. I'm not trying to, to, to rain on your creativity, but we have these things in place for a reason. You need to learn the business first. Joshua was teachable. The next thing I want you to get from our dear brother Joshua was that he was obedient. Anytime Moses told him to do something, the brother went and did it. He said, hey, I want you to go down and deal with the rascals, Amalek. What did Joshua do? He went down there and dealt with them. He went down there and fought with them. When the Lord talked about who would get to cross over into the promised land, he, he noted who? Joshua and Caleb, because they were uh, uh, two of the 12 spies that came back with a good report and believed God. And the scriptures tell us that, hey, Joshua followed God wholeheartedly. Are you obedient? Are you faithful? Let's do some inventory this morning. <laughs> this Keep It Real Sunday. Let's do some inventory. Are you faithful? Turn to your neighbor and ask them, are you faithful? Are you teachable? Are you obedient? Now, I didn't hear no answer. I heard one answer <laughs> up here. I heard one answer. But I'm going to let the Holy Spirit have his way with you. That's not my place. Amen. As we move into the body of the text, y'all understand some things. You have to prepare to walk into the new. You don't just get that opportunity because your name is Brandon Savage. Amen. You just don't get that opportunity. You got to prepare to walk into the new. As we look at the main body of the text, we see in the, in the first several verses that God is giving his promise. He's, he's laying this thing out. Here's what I'm going to do, Joshua. Then he moves to a, a position where he says, here's what I need you to do. It says, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over to the Jordan, and you and all the people into the land that I am giving you, to the people of Israel, every place that the sole of your foot would tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised Moses. Right. Now, when you move into the new, assuming that you permit, prepared, and God has promoted you and given you an opportunity to walk into the new, there's the certain things that you have to do as well that will guarantee your success. The first thing I want to give you as we move through the text, I want to jump down to verse 6. And this is saying, this is what the Lord is telling Joshua. This is what I, I need you to do. The first part, he's saying, this is what I'm promising, and this is what I'm going to do, but this is what I need you to do. And it starts in verse 6. It says this, be strong and courageous. For you shall cause the people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give to them. Be strong and courageous. Now, the Lord isn't talking about a physical strength. He's talking about being strong in who? The Lord and understanding who you represent, who is working through you to be strong and courageous. Now, I think about that word courageous. Courageous to me is uh, uh, Kind of like this. This is how I used to define it. It's being scared, but you go anyway. 
When you don't see uh, the outcome, when you don't see it, uh, 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 how things are going to work out, you still move ahead according to what God has called you to do. Say, Lord said do it, you do it. Be strong and courageous. And here's the reason why you need to be strong and courageous. But just for that very fact, you're going to encounter challenges. It wasn't like uh, Joshua and the children of Israel were going to go over across the Jordan and tell the people of Jericho, hey, uh, uh, get, get, come on in. We're going to take the land. And they, it was going to be easy. They was just going to sashay. I like that word, sashay. Sashay, sashay their way over the Jordan and then take the promised land. No, God is saying you are going to have to fight for this thing. There are some things that I want you to do. Now, why would God have us go through this? Why couldn't he just open things up and we just walk on in? Why not? Because God isn't in the business of doing it his way, that way. He's sovereign. He said, this is the way I want you to do it. Then the other thing that you need to consider is that as we face those challenges, we come to understand that it's not in our strength. I did that through the Lord. I can't take credit for that. If he's just sashay in, there might be an opportunity for pride to set in on you, right? It might be an opportunity to say, man, get a case of the what? The big head. So God said, no, I'm going to make this thing look impossible. You're going to have to fight for this. You're going to have to trust me. You're going to have to operate in faith in order for you to possess, to be able to walk into the new, to be able to possess the promised land. Amen. So they had to go in there and fight with those jokers. They weren't just going to sashay their way in there. So the first thing you need to be is strong and courageous. The second thing is, as we move down to verse 7, only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do all according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from the left to it from the right hand or to the left that you may have good success wherever you go. This is so simple, but sometimes we miss it. The Lord is saying, hey, listen, when it comes to God's word, I'm going to quote uh, uh, Phil Knight. Just do it. Just do it. Do what God is asking you to do. Oh, be obedient to the word. Don't turn to it from the left. I don't care what kind of pressures you're getting. I don't care what the world is saying. Stay with the word of God. Do not move off of it. If you want to be prosperous and successful, it's right there. It's real simple. But it takes a, a lot for people to embrace Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all my heart. Lean not to your own understanding. And all your ways acknowledge him. Man, he will direct your path. Stay with the word of God. Don't move off of it. I don't care what kind of pressures you're getting. I don't care what other folk are saying. I don't care what the president, the mayor. I don't even care what your family members are saying. You better be obedient to God if you want to purpose to walk into the new and make God look good. Just do it. Just do it. As we move to verse 8, the scriptures read, uh, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do uh, according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way, what? Prosperous. And then uh, 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 you will have good success. It's just that simple. 
We need to have God's word. Meditate, meditate on it all the time, day and night. It's going to help. The, I, I have now with a, I used to have a photogenic memory. My memory used to be great. But now I tend to fit, forget stuff. You know, and Rochelle get frustrated with me because I'd be like, Where, where's, my, where's my thing that was right here? Where's my charger? It was just plugged up right here. And say, no, you moved it over there. And I, I, I forget stuff. I don't know if any of y'all are in the same boat, but I ain't as sharp memory-wise as I used to be. So I forget stuff. So I need to be, you know, the word of God, I need to be looking in this thing all day long to make sure that I'm meditating on this. And the whole idea is that the word of God would get inside of us, get inside and permeate your heart. And so you can't call on something if you ain't been studying it. You ain't going to be able to, to pull those scriptures if you ain't spending time with God. And here's the thing. That's how God speaks to us. And that's how you get to know God. You know, when I was dating Rochelle in college, she's not here, before, here this morning, so I could, I could put it all out there. But y'all, y'all ain't going to tell. Shut your mouth, Micah. Um, when I was dating her in college, you know, she was in Vermont. I was here at Trinity in Deerfield. And, uh, um, we used to write each other. We ain't had no cell phones back then. We had pagers. Y'all, some of y'all don't even know what a pager is. <laughs> y'all, y'all, you're like pager. What's a pager? Uh, we had pagers, and for, for for the sake of education, I gotta be thorough. A pager was uh, a device that you clipped on the side of your belt that the doctors would wear, and it would pull up the phone number. You could put your phone number in and let the person know that hey, he called me at this number. All right, y'all got it, young people. Y'all cool. Y'all got that? You learned something today. Here's what a pager is. But anyway, I had a rabbit trail. Now, I would call Rochelle at the, at the actual payphone. I had to put coins in there at the payphone and what have you. So we spent a lot of time dialoguing. But when she would come home from the summer, I would spend from sunup to sundown. We would go to the park. We would go bike riding. We would do picnics. We would do all kind of stuff all day long. And I would drop her off at, at 98th and Ingleside at the Albrights, drive all the way back to Waukegan. And when I got back, I would call her, right, and let her know I made it back. I hang up the phone, my, and the house phone would ring five minutes later. Guess who it was? Rochelle, what you doing? The girl couldn't take her mind off me. She was all, on, I was constantly on her mind all the time. She couldn't take her mind off me. Look at, look at Micah like I'm telling mom. But we spent all that time together and we were able to, to get to know each other. If we didn't spend time together, I wouldn't be able to know her heart. I wouldn't be able to really identify who she was and get to know her character. We had to spend time together. In the same way, this is how we need to be in the word of God. To get to know what his will is for your life. To get to know his plan. To know the Lord. Lord, to seek the Lord. You're asking for answers and you're searching in all the wrong places. It's right here in the word of God. Amen. Don't y'all dare mention that to my wife. Mama person, don't do it. As the text goes on to read in verse 9, it says this, Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. The Lord, anytime the Lord mentions something, like if in the Bible several times, you need to pay close attention. 
He said, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord, your God, is with you wherever you go. God is with you. And so what I want you to grab here from this is this. Don't be scared. Just that simple. Don't be scared to walk into the new. God is with you. He's right there with you the whole time. I, I, I remember growing up, and, and, and part of the reason I like Joshua, because Joshua was a warrior. He was a fighter. And I, I, I grew up as a fighter. Y'all might not know this. It's like, man, he's such a nice young man right now. But I used to be a, a tooth chipper. Yeah, so y'all ain't gonna say, what's the what's a, what's a tooth chipper? Uh, <laughs> I used to be a I used to be a fighter. And there was a bully in our neighborhood that used to beat me up and all the kids all the time. All the time. And every time, usually when we fight, his older brother was always right there on the scene. So as he's whooping on us, I'm looking at his, his older brother like, man, so if I like really engage this guy, his older brother is going to uh, uh, jump in. <clears throat> but one day, my cousin showed up. <laughs> my cousin Randy showed up on the scene and so he was able to neutralize his brother and when he, that boy came at me he punched me in the mouth his fingers got caught right between my teeth and I bit down on that Lord forgive me I bit down on that sucker so hard and started giving him the business giving him the business but my point was is this is that I was looking at his brother. And then my cousin showed up on the scene. He was right there. And I knew if his brother jumped in, my cousin was going to deal with him. In the same way, we don't have to be afraid because God is with us. Uh, we don't have to be scared. God is with us through every circumstance. The word says that he will never leave you or forsake you. He will never leave you or forsake you. I don't care what the situation looks like. And, and, and for the sake of time, I can't dive into this too much. But in chapter 3, when the, uh, uh, the children of Israel were ready to cross over the Jordan, the, the, the waters were very high. So they were probably like, Lord, how are we going to get to the other side? And you know what the Lord did? He spread at the waters and they were able to cross on dry land. Our Lord is with us. Uh, when, it's, when things look impossible, he's with us. He's right there. So we don't have to be discouraged. We don't have to be scared because the Lord is with us. Amen. 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 The Lord is with us. As we move to verse 10, the text reads, As Joshua commanded the officers of the people, pass through the midst of the camp and... and, and, and and command the people, prepare your provisions. For within three days you are to pass over this Jordan to go into and take possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving you to possess. Now, when we look at that text, I'm going to steal a note from Pastor Racket. Look for what's not said. Pastor, it took me all this time to figure out what you meant when you said, <laughs> listen for what's not said. And I'd be like, what is pastor talking about? Listen, I finally got it. As I'm reading this, <laughs> Chicago Public Schools, I'm sorry, pastor. 
Chicago Public Schools. And for y'all, y'all, and God be with y'all, Chicago Public School. How many Chicago Public School students we got in here? Hey, the Lord is faithful. <laughs> he, will, he will bring you into the new, walk you into the new, into the new. In spite of our background, here's what I want you to look at. Look for what's not said. Joshua went what? Immediately into action. He went immediately into action. He didn't start making excuses. Uh, 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 Lord, they, what if the people uh, don't listen to me? Lord, what, 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 what if they start to grumble against me like they did Moses? Lord, what if we don't have enough men to, to overcome these rascals? Lord, no, Joshua didn't do any of that. He went immediately into action and started preparing the, the, the people. He said, here's the message for the Lord. Here's what we got to do. He didn't make excuses. And guess what? Don't allow your past to paralyze you and keep you from walking into the new. Amen. Some of us have made some mistakes some of us have, have, have had some, some jacked up backgrounds. Some of us have went to some jacked up schools. Don't, don't, don't look back. Don't be focused on that. Uh, pastor said something to me uh, uh, a few weeks back. He said, hey, when you start anew, you start anew. Don't look back. You learn from the experience and you move forward. Because here's the thing. When you're constantly looking back, you're constantly looking back. Guess what's happening? You're not moving forward. You know, at least you're not moving forward as fast as you could if you're constantly looking back. And that's what Satan wants us to do. He wants to keep reminding you of the things that didn't work out. And God is saying, I am doing a new thing in your life right now. I'm doing something new. I need you to trust me. I need you to have faith to walk this thing. Don't be paralyzed by what happened in the past. It don't matter. God is a God of the new, the new, the new. Rebuke the devil. Don't let him hold you hostage. Some of us got some things that we need to let go. We need to let go of something that somebody hurt you in the past. We need to let go of that thing. In order for you to move forward, you won't be able to experience all that God has for you if you, if you let that thing hold you hostage. Please, saints, let it go. Let it go. Let it go. As I move to bring this thing to a close, um, I, most of you all know, <laughs> two weeks ago I gave my resignation at my job. Walked in and told him I quit. My boss was shocked, as some of you all are shocked right now. This is probably the first time you're hearing this. And the Lord laid it on my heart. For years, I have been stubborn and saying, Lord, I got four kids, a wife, now a mother that has some physical challenges. Lord, I, 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 I can't leave this job. And the Lord is saying, I got you. I got you. And God began to show me some things and saying, what more, Brandon, do I have to show you in order for you to be obedient and walk into the new? I want to do some things, but, but, but you, 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 you're handcuffing me. I need you to trust me. I need you to surrender. 
and said, Lord, you got it. And I preach this stuff all the time, saints. And I stand up here. I tell you, I was down in the basement coming up to speak. This was last year sometime. And um, uh, Gus Tucker met me in the bathroom and he said, hey, brother, you ready? And I started crying like a schoolroom girl. And he was like, man, what's what's wrong with you? I said, man, I, I, I always feel like when I, when I got to preach, I'm preaching from a position of weakness. This is I, I, I don't have it together. And for me to have to stand up in front of the congregation and proclaim God's word with boldness. And when I'm not I'm not there yet, he said in, in, in so many words, he said, hey, man, that's the way God keeps us humble. Just go up there and preach the word. Stop crying like a schoolroom girl. He didn't say that, but he probably meant it. He said, go up there and preach the word. And I say to you this morning, there's some things that God is calling you to do and been pulling on your coattail, tugging on your heart for years. And you've been saying, no, Lord, I don't know. You've been making excuses. You, 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 you've been coming up with reasons. Oh, Lord, I can't do that. That's too big. That's too big. I don't have the resources. I, I, I don't have the connections. Uh, uh, uh. It's like, Listen to me. I am almighty God. I am more than able. Look around. Look at what I've done so far. Ah, the word says, I will never leave you or forsake you. I got you. And here's the thing I need you to understand. When God calls you to something, he's going to give you the provisions to make it happen. Now, if you move into the new on your own, you're responsible. But when you move into the God's new and he's driving that thing, he's going to make sure that all the things you need are going to be right there available to you. Don't be scared. Just trust me. Saints, there's some things that God is calling you to, and you've been, you've been, you've been like me. I, I, I stand convicted. I stand convicted, and I, I, I'm, I'm actually ashamed to say that. Up here, it's like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm proclaiming this stuff. Brandon, it's time for you to walk it. Time for you to walk it. And God is always trying to grow us and take us to the next level. He didn't create you and save you just for you to stay a spiritual babe. He wants you to grow and develop. He wants to give you opportunities. A good friend of mine said he wants to give you assignments, assignments. And then once that assignment's up, then you move on to the next one. He wants to be constantly moving you to the next level. Saints, God has something new that he wants you to walk in. My question to you this morning, will you do it? Will you do this thing? Or are you just going to give lip service to it? you just going to make excuses. I don't know what that is for you, and I'm, I'm, I'm trusting, trusting the Lord. I don't know what's all ahead for me, but the Lord does, and I'm going to trust him. Will you do the same, saints? If you're here this morning, your new might be starting a new ministry. Your, your new might be a new job. Your new might be a, a healthy lifestyle. All these things I mentioned at the beginning of the message, I don't know what God has for each one of you, but I know that he's expecting us to trust him and walk into the new. If you want prayer in this area this morning, I want to ask that you stand. I want to ask that you stand. Because here's the thing, saints. The last thing you want is at the end of life, 
at the end of life, picture this, God would come to you and say, you know what, Brandon, I had all these things I wanted to do for you. I had all these things. Look at what I wanted to do for you. All these things, but you just weren't there. You lacked faith. Like the children, that first generation of the children of Israel, they lacked faith. So they missed out. I don't want any of us to miss out on that. So let's go before the Lord in prayer. Father God, I thank you for your word. Lord God. I trust you this morning. I lift up the saints of God. I stand with them right now. Lord God, I pray that you would cover each one of them. Lord, I pray that you would give them the confidence to know that you in control. Lord, help to strengthen their faith as they walk this thing. Lord, help them to do it. Lord, give them a picture, a glimpse, something to encourage them to trust you. So at the end of the day, that we would be able to stand before you and you would applaud and say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Not finishing this life with regrets of what could have been, what if. Lord, we don't, we don't want that. So I pray that you would be with those that are standing. Lord God, if there's anyone that don't know you as Lord and Savior, Father God, I pray for them right now that they might come into a new relationship with you. And it's simply saying, hey, I believe that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for my sins. Lord God, and I trust you as my Lord and Savior. As I mentioned earlier, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has come and behold has passed and the new has come. In Jesus' name, let the church say, amen, amen, amen.